Hello and welcome to the Fabulous at 50 podcast, celebrating a vibrant global community of women over 50 through entertaining interviews that will inspire, educate, and empower. Your host, Joanne Nuaduck, was born to nurture and promote vibrance. Joanne is both the Community Director for Calgary, Canada, and oversees the global operations for Fabulous at 50. As an oncology nurse, integrative practitioner in multiple modalities, life skills mentor and manager, Joanne moves people from challenging situations to positive outcomes through the use of her innate gifts and learned skills. Here's your host, Joanne Nuaduck. Hello, everyone. Today's episode is sure to have a big impact on you or the girlfriends in your life that are struggling with menopause in silence. The guest I have on today is breaking that silence, and I'm so thrilled to bring on Dana Goldstein. Welcome to today's show, Dana. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here, Joanne. Well, I am thrilled that you were willing to come on and I am beyond excited to read the book that you have put out. Um, Sometimes I wait until I've read the book and then I bring a guest on, but I just, I wanted to have you on and share this with the world because I am incredibly impressed with what you've done, the honesty and of which you present and talk about menopause. It is unlike anything that's out there. But before we get started, let me share a little bit about you. All right. Dana Goldstein is an author and entrepreneur. Her second book, Murder on My Mind, a memoir of menopause, takes the lid off what for many women is a challenging stage of life. Dana has been writing stories since the age of nine and is also the author of The Girl in the Gold Bikini, her memoir about family and food. So let's get down to the nitty gritty here. Murder on my mind. Tell me about that. Like what an incredible, um, like I really think this title says it all. I, I, I know so many women are going, I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, it's a common experience that we have as we're going through perimenopause and through to postmenopause is this rage that creeps up on us that we know is nothing uh, that we normally experience. But mm-hmm. in this stage of life, it just flares up. And the, the title is, is indicative of some points in my journey where I would just look at my husband and think, I could murder you for no reason other than you're just sitting on the couch, quietly reading a book. (laughs) It's irritating the hell out of me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's completely irrational. Yeah. It's, it, it surprised me how visceral this reaction was. Like I felt it. I didn't just think it. I felt this rage and this desire to lunge at him. Wow. And that was, and that the first time it happened, I was thinking, what? what was that? And, you know, I just, I think that many women going through this, this stage have experienced this as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I love about your book is that, um, you know, my understanding of course, and I'm being perfectly honest, I haven't read it yet. um, Is that 
it's, it's not about menopause and here's the medical side and here's what you can do. It's your personal experience, but so many other women can either relate to it because they've gone through phases when their hormones have been out of whack and it brings up this rage or they have a friend or a girlfriend, like maybe they're not experiencing it themselves, but they're helping a girlfriend through. And it's like, I had a girlfriend like that. She was just angry at everything. And I'm like, Oh my God, I've known you for 25 years. You're possessed. And cause I had different symptoms that came through. And so tell me how, didn't, didn't I read something where you said, when you told your, when he read the book, your husband read the book that he looked at you and was like, why didn't you tell me this was going on? What was that like? That's hundred percent true. So when my husband read the book, uh, he read it before it was, it was published. It was close to being published. Okay. And he, he, when he finished reading it, he closed it and he just looked at me and that's exactly what he said. He said, why didn't you tell me any of this was going on? Wow. So I, I, it never occurred to me to start a conversation with him about, Okay, I, I lie in bed and I, I have heart palpitations or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I imagine that uh, horrible things are going to happen to you or the kids when you're out of the house and they're completely unreasonable. You know, Anxiety like, is I, so it, paralyzing. It, it really is. And I, I did not share anything with my husband. And I think that's not just indicative of the kind of person I am, but I, women at large and in general we tend to deal with our stuff yes we do it quietly we don't necessarily suffer in silence i don't know that suffer is the right word but we're sort of programmed to just take care of what we need to take care of and not necessarily feel like we need to tell our husband yes just get the job done yes Yes. Yes. Have I going to pick up on that? Um, is once you started this conversation with your husband and I, it's clear that you two have a very loving relationship. Um, how did that shift your relationship? It didn't really, because I'm on the other side now I'm in the postmenopausal. So while I'm still symptomatic, I still get hot flashes. I still have some anxiety. I have crazy dreams, uh, which I talk about in the book. Um, but I think our, our relationship was solid to begin with. Yes. So that made a really big difference. The, you know, when I talk to my children, now that the book is published and my kids are teenagers and, uh, my are they boys, feeling lucky to be alive? You know what? <laughs> they In do. In a funny and, way. You know, just before we hit, I hit publish on the book, I, we had a family meeting and we talked about, you know, this is the book that's going out and these are the thing, kind of things I talk about and it's very open and I share my experience with menopause and I talk about women things and yeah. I talk about, uh, you know, how menopause made me like irrational and quick to anger and sometimes very forgetful and very distracted and you just need to know that this is what happens. You don't have to read the book. You're welcome to. I don't think it's necessary. You boys are 15 and 16. But, you know, I think you should know that this is an important stage in a woman's life. And someday down the line, you may have to deal with it. But I just wanted you to have an understanding of what mom was going through. And my 16-year-old just blinked at me and said, we know, mom. We already know. They, They knew that 
that mom was not right for a period of time. Right. But I, I feel like in my experience, it wasn't, uh, what I went through, my symptoms weren't, uh, disruptive enough to push me to, to a doctor or to, for anybody in my family to bring it up. I don't know. Maybe they were afraid to say something. (laughs) They might've been scared of you in that moment. (laughs) I will, I would just say that I had, I remember hearing, uh, a man who was, he had a good sense of humor and he just went, Oh Lord, what am I in for? I have two girls that are just going through, you know, puberty at the same time as my wife is going through menopause because I think I should just move into the basement for a few years. Not a bad idea. Yeah. So in reality, I know we're joking around a little bit about being playful about the stresses of going through menopause, but it really, it, it, when you're lying there and your heart's pounding and you're having some anxiety, like an adrenaline shooting through your system and just all the other things that are going on within our lives. Um, it's, it's, it's not a laughing matter. So this book is so important for women to feel that they are not alone. And, you know, I hope what they take from it. And then if we segue that to fabulous at 50 is women come into our organization, you know, mostly often on a social level, but quickly find that when they are going through things like this is that they found a place that can give them support and, and actually give them some answers. Like we don't have to suffer with these things. Um, but I often find just as you get one under control, something else flares up and is kind of crazy. So I'm so grateful that you have written this book, but that begs another question. So on one hand, you're going through all this. That's fair enough. So do millions of other people around the world, literally billions, you know, over time, what made you sit down? What was the driving force that said, I need to write about this? I'm a natural born storyteller. So I've been writing since I was nine years old, Okay. Uh, not necessarily well, but uh, <laughs> after I published The Girl in the Gold Bikini, uh, I thought, okay, well, what's the next project going to be? And I, I started some projects and then abandoned them. But part of being a writer is you just keep writing and it's okay whether you're, if you're writing content for a client or a newsletter or a blog post or a long update on Facebook, it doesn't really matter as long as you're writing. So I just, I, I wait until the inspiration strikes me and I read and I listen and I talk to my friends and for this particular topic, it just sort of manifested itself in front of my face was that, yeah, you know what? I need to talk about this. And it wasn't one incident uh, that sort of started the course of this book coming to life. It was just one day when I'm not thinking, I was probably in the shower because that's where most of my brilliant ideas come. When oh, I can do a lot of good stuff it. happens in the shower, doesn't it? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it just, it came to me, oh, you know what? Write about what you went through with, with perimenopause and through to postmenopause. And that's Excellent. exactly how, how the book came out. And I thought, you know, I need to tell these stories so that yes, women don't, feel isolated and alone and that like they're the only ones that are are lose they who think they're losing their mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you say that you were uh like a lifelong storyteller. Is there a time is there something do you have a story from when you were a young girl and 
and either a story you wrote or what you envisioned? So I actually have two stories that I can share with you. Uh, Number one was when I was about six years old, my mother punished me, sent me to my room. I don't remember what I did, but I remember being sent to my room and she told me there's no coloring, there's no reading, there's no playing with toys. You're not to do anything but sit on your bed and think about what you did. So I did sit on my bed and I did think about what I did, but my mother says about 30 minutes later, she hears voices coming from my bedroom and she sneaks up and opens the door just a crack. So just enough so she can peek in and I'm sitting on my bed with my stuffies in a semicircle in front of me and I'm telling stories. I'm making up stories and I'm telling them stories. So that, that was like the earliest emergence of my storytelling it was the way skills. you processed. It's right. the way you processed. Yes. Right. So, and then my next vivid memory is nine years old, sitting at the desk in my room. It was a secondhand hand-me-down desk, adult desk, way too big for a nine-year-old. But it was <laughs> it was great because I, I had one of those um, composition notebooks from the 70s. Like this where, scribbler, lines right. on one side, blank and on the other. Exactly. Yeah, we all got those. Yeah, yeah. stapled in the middle. And yeah. This one was lime green and it was fresh, brand new. And I opened it up to, and I, I had a, um, I was left-handed and on my left, I had lined up pens and pencils. All the pencils were sharp. The pens were like brand new. And I, I opened up that first page and started writing a story. Of course, I, I know I started that story with once upon a time because I was nine and I don't know any better. That's what our prompt was. Right. So that, that is my brilliant. earliest memories. Oh my gosh. And did you know in that moment, I am going to be a writer? I knew at nine that I wanted to be a writer. Wow. I didn't know what that looked like or what that meant. And by the time I was 14, um, I had teachers, I had one teacher in particular, an English teacher uh, who told me that I should probably consider being a journalist. And I didn't even know what that was at 14. Wow. You know, it's amazing. Teachers really have an impact. They can really plant that seed or crush it on saying, you know, this, this might be a, um, an avenue you want to consider because they can see the talents. I, on the other hand, um, I would compose stories. So I'll put that as I was very much an author but I'm not necessarily a writer. So there, and there's two different things, right? Like you can author the story, but trying to get it down on paper, I would sit and it felt like a bottleneck and it was like all these ideas. And so now what's wonderful is I'm very much verbal. And so my, my Avenue, my vehicle is doing podcasts or any of the blogs I write. Typically I have dictated them first and then transition them. So what a gift to the world that you have taken, not only, your ability to write and communicate and tell stories, but to also share a story that's so important. As we mentioned before, this is now um, your memoir. And and if other women can relate to it, then it makes them feel less alone in the world, which is incredible. So at this point, can you, can you tell our listening audience where they could find the book? How do they get a copy of it? Yep. So the book is available. The ebook is on Amazon and Kindle uh, and available on Barnes and Noble Nook. You can order okay. the paperback from Amazon, from Barnes and Noble, uh, and probably very soon chapters Indigo. 
Okay. And you can buy the book directly from me, uh, from my website, which is danagoldstein.ca. Excellent. And we'll put all that in the show notes. Uh, and is it, is it on both amazon.ca and .com? Correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I know some books are not on both. So I just want to send people to the right spot. Fantastic. Well, we're nearing the end of our interview, but we're not done yet. I, there's a couple more things I want to find out from you. I understand that you're, I joke around that you're just recently in the Fab at 50 club in the sense of you had a birthday just over a year ago. Well, you would have turned just 51 just recently, but a year ago, 50, that was just before the world all turned upside down with this pandemic. Um, How did you celebrate? So my husband threw a little bit of a surprise party with just, you know, uh, some of our closest friends. It wasn't a big to do because that's, not really my style. So we just had friends over, we had too much food. Uh, We, I I would say we had too much to drink, but I kind of, uh, one of my uh, hot flash triggers is alcohol. So I kind of just wiped it off. Yeah. I just wiped (laughs) it off my, off my menu for a while. Um, And we just had some friends over and we chatted and lovely cake. It was lovely. It really was. Nice. Now that's how you celebrated. What I really want to know is, was there a change in you, in your mindset? Like, did you feel something shift in you when you turned 50? Did it, was it significant for you? It was, I felt like I settled into myself. Like Mm. I was ready for the next stage. You know, I'd been through the thirties, the twenties and thirties where you're hungrily building your career. Then your forties, when you become aware of who you are Yes. And what you will and will not tolerate. And now that I'm in my 50s, it's I, I felt like I was ready to focus more on who I am and what I want to do and what legacy I want to leave to the world. That is beautiful. And see, that's why I wanted you on, because one of the things that I say is that women in our generation, women in their 50s, we have so much to share with each other in the world. And many of the women out there just don't know. They're like, oh, I don't have a story you know, it's kind of, oh, I'm just doing the same old, same old. And I want to go, no, you are an incredible woman. And what your story is, whether it's hardship that you've overcome or, or you're really living the dream right now is that you can inspire others and you can educate and you can empower them. And that's our three core values. And you, I believe have done all three with this book, you know, Thank you. you know, there's, I just, I just want to say there's something really magical about being 50, especially when, if your mindset is still kind of thirties, early forties, like, I don't feel like I'm 50, which when I was a kid seemed so old and right. And and now it's like 50. Yeah. Right. Just like, I'm ready to barrel through to the next awesome thing in my life. Exactly. Well, you know what? I just had this flashback moment memory of listening to an interview with Oprah where she was the one being interviewed and she actually said something that she found her fifties were one of her best decades. Like when she was in her fifties, she goes, I am having the best decade of my life right now. And it's like, okay, that's what we're after. And that planted the seed and here I am, look at what I'm doing. And I'm so glad that you're on now, before we sign off, um, I would love to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can you share three pearls of wisdom? 
they don't have to be long, just three or three guiding um, principles that you live by that you think would might help someone today? Sure. Um, I would say number one is never assume that you are the only one. Beautiful. Whether you're not alone. You're never alone. There's always somebody out there who is sharing a similar experience. Absolutely. No matter whether it's, you know, how you wash your hands or <laughs> what you're suffering with mentally. We yes. are not all not that alone. different from each other. Excellent. Okay. Yep. Number two. Number two is just figure out what really brings you joy day to day. Yep. And, and do, do more that of that. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Do more of that. That's brilliant. Yep. And, and number, number three? three would be don't be apologetic if what brings you joy is what other people would kind of not agree with or sneer at. Awesome. Yeah. Barrel ahead with a smile on your face and happiness in your heart and everything else. And just go, and you know what I'm hearing you say, be authentic with it. Be authentic with your joy. That is fantastic. And along those lines, I'm going to put a little plug in there that if you want, you know, if someone's listening and they want to find a community where they don't feel alone, and that they can express their joy in an authentic, welcoming way, then I invite you to come and be part of the Fabulous of 50 community because that is what we stand for. We have such a wide range of backgrounds of and walks of life, but we do come together in like-mindedness in the sense that we are respectful in each other's differences. And through what we think is often our difference, is often our connection. And you have been able to connect women that are going through virtually, you know, pretty much every woman in the world, you know, goes through menopause at some point, some naturally and around, you know, I think the average age is 50, 51, or sometimes surgically when a much younger woman, but there's still a time where, you know, our hormones can turn upside down. And so I really appreciate you bringing that anecdotal memoir to it. And um, I'm such an honor to have that and be able to share that, you know, with our community and to also put in a plug. So have a community and also know there are things you can do to overcome and to mitigate or to lessen some of these. You don't have to be suffering alone. There is support out there. But the first step is what Dana did is talk about it and share. So thank you so much. What I'd love to do is invite you, if you will, later in this year on one of our Books, Babbles and Bling talks, when we get together as a community, I would love to have you on and you can share about your book directly to people while they're on a Zoom call at some point. If if you're game for that on a Tuesday night one time. That would be wonderful. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I wish everyone a fantastic day and um, try not to have murder on your mind. <laughs> unless it's a really good murder mystery. Okay. We're going to flip that one around. All right. Enjoy your day. Thank you so much, Dana. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to the Fabulous at 50 podcast with your host, Joanne Neweduck. Join us again for more inspirational interviews on topics that matter to you. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, check out the liner notes or to learn more about this vibrant community that celebrates women over 50, please visit fabulousat50.com. That's www.fabulousat50.com.